Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It to Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the See It to Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, and super excited to be with you this month, as always, with another incredible role model. Today, we have Carolyn Childers, and she is the founder and CEO of a platform called Chief, and it is a super cool platform that is all about connecting C-suite and executive women. And I know it is so needed, so we are super excited to dive in and talk to you about this venture. Welcome, Carolyn. Really happy to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So first thing I love to do when I start these things, because I think it's so interesting to just to really understand someone's path, is what was your big dream growing up? Did you think that you would grow up and be an entrepreneur that was championing women's issues or were you on a different path? I think I was on a very different path. I actually like this about my story a little bit because so often you hear about entrepreneurs that just knew they wanted to be entrepreneurs when they were little and they talk about the lemonade stands that they had and you know the businesses that they were running even when they were little. And that wasn't me at all. My family had a family business. My grandparents had a family business and it was tough. And I saw like the real challenges that were associated with kind of owning your own business. And so I was like, this feels way too hard. Let's go the corporate route. That seems like a great way to go. And eventually kind of found myself in a corporate job. A good friend of mine called from a a startup in New York City. And I left my corporate job to go over to the startup world. And as soon as I entered, I was like, I can't, I can't ever go back. There's just something about the pace and the impact that you have when it's a small entity that is trying to, you know, find the right product market fit that is growing like crazy. I just loved that energy. And the more that I spent time in that space, the more I realized I think I can do this myself. Like I should be the entrepreneur. I shouldn't just be a senior executive at other people's companies and kind of resonates with this podcast too. Of I saw it <laughs> and I realized I too could be it. And that's ultimately what kind of took me on this journey to finally being the executive or entrepreneur myself. That's awesome. And how much did your corporate career sort of inform what you're doing now? In other words, we hear all the stories about women in corporate America. Like we don't even hear half of them (laughs) and it blows your hair back a little bit. But, you know, I'm just wondering too, particularly, you know, kind of getting into this women's empowerment space. That's really where you are. Like, how do we bring these women together to actually empower each other? So what in your career sort of put you on that particular path? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the early foundations in some bigger companies, you know, I started in finance, in investment banking, very dominated by men. There was one managing director in many different groups that was a woman. And it was very interesting to me to even see that play out as a very junior person in banking of just how much she not only had to do her job, but she was also this representation of you know what a woman executive is supposed to be. And that's just that extra pressure that exists there. And so it was very interesting for me to kind of witness that as a more junior professional. And then it was as I actually started to get more senior and I was in the rooms where decisions were being made that I realized how much there is this just unconscious bias that factors in. 
And it wasn't even, you know, what was happening to me specifically, but it was just seeing the way that men and women were getting different opportunities in what existed. And that I think was a really big unlock for me of actually being in the room and witnessing how some of it played out that kind of helped to fuel this mission. But the idea of chief also came from just a very personal place of, as I got more senior, I realized that I had less and less resources around me. It was this irony of more responsibility, but less community of people that understood that responsibility and could be there to support you in in those moments. And it's those two things that kind of came together for me. It was the need to continue to grow as a leader and how much more poignant that was as a woman executive. You know, it's interesting that you say that I actually was just at lunch yesterday with some women kind of at the senior level of banking. And we were talking about this very thing and sort of what came up was really about this issue of scarcity, right? That women didn't really help each other because the opportunities were scarce. And if you help somebody else along the way, right? You may not get that Mm -hmm. opportunity, you know, because there might be one, you know, if you saw there are 10 jobs that you're qualified for, and there's one woman in one of those roles, you think you have one shot for that. And Mm -hmm. I think that is a really interesting just concept of just how the hurdle that women are still overcoming to sort of change that mindset to one of abundance rather than, Ooh, I better hold my cards tight. I better hold my contacts tight because I might only have one shot. I'm just wondering sort of how you sort of see that challenge even today with women. I am a optimist on this one. I think that that was a little bit of an old construct. I think we as women have actually moved past that and are now very much in a mindset of abundance and very much in a mindset of it is not just about me. It is about how we collectively make this movement And I think that there has just been so much that has happened over the last 10 years, even that has collectively made a shift in that mindset. And I think that is partly why Chief has become as successful as it has, because it is about the collective. It is about all of us coming together and supporting each other and helping us at a very personal level with our individual challenges, but also coming together as a collective and a really powerful network to try and drive change. And that is partly why we started focused on senior executive women, because what we believed was if we can get just more of these women, a bigger voice, a bigger seat at that table, the ripple effect that that could have across all of the organizations for women across all of these organizations, for them to be able to really enact change and be the voice in the room that can drive that, that is our mission. And it only is successful when that mindset shifts to a mindset of abundance. Absolutely. Well, and I think that it certainly helped. I mean, it's something, you know, because I've been in this space for so long that I knew anecdotally that when women come together, that we are so much more powerful and you watch, you know, women advance when they're supported by other women. And of course, a few years ago, you know, the study came out that basically showed that when women had a strong support of other women, they actually were more successful, even with women that had a mix of men and women supporting them when they had women. And I thought that was so poignant because I've seen it, but you didn't know quite how to articulate that. And I think that you're right. is like just seeing that, like, look, you know, share your networks, you know, that is how the old boys network was built, right? Hey, I got a buddy for that. Let me introduce you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that study. 
They also show that for men as well. So for men, it is not having a network of just men that is a factor in success. For men, it is equal, whether it's a network of mainly men, a network of men and women. It is just for women, where it's a network of other women, that it particularly is a driver of success and definitely something that we were tapping into and thinking about as we created Chief. Well, tell us a little bit more. I would love to just dive into your mission. You talked a little bit about me, your mission behind it, but what are you building here? What do you hope that women are going to be doing within this community? So I mentioned at the beginning, you know, this came from a very personal place of getting more senior in my career and really starting to feel like I was tackling challenges. I was supposed to have all the answers. It is the ugly truth that even though leadership is supposed to have all the answers, we often don't. And I was really looking for how do I continue to invest in myself as a leader? How do I find the resources of community that I can tap into during these challenges? And that is the idea of Chief. So we are a professional network focused on senior executive women. The easiest way for us to kind of delineate that is to say we are for VP level and above. And it is really a place for these women to come together. Our number one thing that we provide is what we call our core groups. It is a group of 10 women. They come together on a monthly basis. There's an executive coach in the room. It is a way to truly work through the biggest professional and personal challenges that you are experiencing. Very much like if you got a one-on-one exec coach, like instead of that one coach, you now can actually tap into this community of women to work through some of those challenges. And it has just kind of been phenomenal to see how much impact this has had for so many of our members. And we started in New York. We were just a community in New York. And as recently as January of this year of 2022, we're officially national and across the whole US. So anybody can join. And it's just been remarkable to see what that power of that network has built to. I know that just, I was reading some of your stats that you have 700 members and then something like 5,000 on the waiting list. A little bit bigger than that. So we have 10,000 members across the U.S., which is phenomenal and a wait list of close to 50,000. Oh my gosh. Are there that many women in the, (laughs) like, I know there are, I'm kidding, but You know, you just think about, you know, the, obviously the need. And so how are you, I mean, when you talk about 10,000 women, you manage them in these groups. How do you find the coaches? Tell me more about that. Our coaches are phenomenal. So the profile is executive coaches who have, you know, 10 plus years of working with clients and facilitating these types of conversations. And it's been remarkable to see they equally have just such passion for this mission that it has been an abundance of coaches that are looking to join the platform and, and, and be able to help particularly right now. I mean, if you think about the last few years, this has been truly one of the most challenging times for women leaders where It is not just about how am I navigating professionally, but now you're homeschooling. Now you are going through just so much more. And it has been remarkable to see the community come together and galvanize around each other and and really help each other at a time that, you know, there is no playbook. And so that is when you need a community most. Mm -hmm. So it has been absolutely remarkable. And, you know, there are 10,000 members now. We hope 
We have all 50,000 on the wait list, join us. And I just think the bigger we become as an organization, the more that this network can truly collectively come together and drive broader change. Absolutely. And I think that when you talk about, you know, the pandemic and how this has really driven this, because now this is our new normal that we're working remotely. And when you talk about building those networks and that community that you need to get from, I mean, to get from middle management to VP, but certainly to get to VP up into the C-suite and moving up those ranks. I mean, it's all about who you know. I mean, sure, you got to do good work. I mean, that's a baseline, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like that doesn't even really matter because we know plenty of people (laughs) who don't do good work that make it up to the top. But that's another podcast, I think. But I think that is true. It's really about who you know. And and when you talk about this networking on this deeper level, it's like, how do you see, even for corporations, I mean, let's just look at the corporate level. How are they going to identify their talent going forward? How are they going to really know? And what's going to happen if you don't have those networks built within your own company? How do you move up the rank? One of the things that I think is really important about the way that we have created Chief is that it is truly meant to be that confidential place that you can come and talk about your challenges, which is something that companies themselves can't do. If you are building a kind of community within big corporation X, (laughs) you still are talking to coworkers. You can't have that conversation that says like, look, I'm really struggling with this part of my job. I'm really struggling with this team member. I'm really struggling with fill in the blank. And you can't have those conversations as authentically and with as much confidence of confidentiality as you can when you have kind of a third space to be able to go and and have those types of conversations. And that unlocks so much for people to be able to have that space to then be able to show up in work in a new way that really does help to drive advancement and to be investing in yourself as a leader. The other thing I would also say is in this new hybrid world of remote work and everything else, the biggest thing that I think we are going to have a big reckoning on is loneliness. It is really efficient to work from home, I think, at least in my experience. I think those with very young kids might have a slightly different experience, but (laughs) there is some real efficiency with working from home, of taking out the commute, doing all of those things. But what you kind of miss is the social aspect and building those relationships. And that doesn't just have to come from internal of a company. And I think an experience like Chief doesn't just open up doors because you have more connections and opportunities. It actually tackles, I think, what we humans are going to very much need, which is human connection and to be able to, you know, have those relationships and continue to find that community that the company was filling that void for so many. And now it's not as clear that that is the only solution for it. Yeah, it's interesting. I I mean, I think about that, you know, for young people, you know, they're all so excited about working from home. And I think to myself, I wonder how I would have felt about that. I mean, it's great now because I can sort of manage my own time, but I think, God, how many friends did I make? How many guys did I date? You know I mean? It's just, it's your whole life, right? I mean, your happy hours. I do think that especially... I mean, you know, I was born in an era, we were actually taught to socialize because, you know, we weren't like that. You didn't have the phone in front of us, you know, all the time. And it was a little bit different. I mean, I see it now with my son, even it's like, okay, why don't you just talk to people? You know, it really is interesting. I think as we look toward the future and of course, as women in leadership, you know, part of that is 
how are you bringing along the next generation? And I would imagine that some of these leaders are looking at that, like, how do we cultivate people that were really going to be able to do this? Because a lot of life at work is about being able to build relationships, you know, in any kind of role. Exactly. It's an interesting dilemma. So tell us what does, you know, if you were to identify what's the biggest challenge that you think people in your group are facing? I mean, is there something that comes up every time, you know, I don't know what your application looks like, but did it come up on that where people are like, this is my issue? Is there sort of a, this overriding thing that's challenging women at this level? I'd say there's pockets. I don't think there is a one. So one of the things that we very strategically do as somebody joins is we do not create these groups where we put, you know, marketers with marketers or somebody from retail with all other people from retail. We really try to bring people together into these peer groups that have similar levels of responsibility, but come from very different walks of life. Because at the end of the day, the thing that is dominantly everybody's biggest challenge is people challenges. It is not about like marketing tactics. It is not about, you know, industry trends. It is about how do I show up as a great leader? How do I unlock that potential in my teams? How do I navigate challenging relationships at work? So I would say like the predominant bucket is kind of just around people challenges more broadly. But I'd say the other category of things that really clearly come through at Chief is a little bit of that internal, you know, introspection of, am I on the right path? Am I doing what I am meant to do? Is this truly what I want to be when I grow up? Even if, you know, others would look at me and say, I am a grown up. I still think there's things I want to be when I grow up. And so I think there's a ton of opportunity for great introspection of what type of leader do I want to be? What type of thing do I want to be leading? And what path am I on? So it's a really nice hybrid of being able to both think internally and externally of where you want to go. Right. Well, and I think that that's a lot of what sort of the great resignation is about. And certainly, Mm -hmm. you know, it's has such high numbers with women leaving their role. And it's just that like, is this really what I want to be doing? I mean, all else being equal, when I really sort of get a hard look at (laughs) this is my whole life, is this what I want to be doing? And I think it's an interesting challenge to be able to navigate that, because I think that what I see in my corporate friends is that they get on a path and the path is dictated for them in so many ways, whereas an entrepreneurial path is so different, although it still runs my life, you know, like, wait, do I, <laughs> how did I get into software? Like, I don't, do I want to be doing this? Like, what am I, I mean, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. We all have those things. It runs your life, but you get to set the terms of like what those parameters are. So I have always thought of entrepreneurship as, you know, probably more hours than any corporate job I could ever have, but I get to define in what way. And I think especially for women who have a lot of things that they are juggling and have a certain way in which they want to operate and certain principles that they want to operate around. It is such a great way of being able to truly build a culture, a way of working that works for you and works for women. And so I would love to have more women entrepreneurs out there and hopefully soon more of the capital that is backing entrepreneurs will start to go towards more women founders as well. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. (laughs) 
Here's hoping as always, I think, you know, as in a lot of things, you know, there, there's a lot of really good talk. So I'm hoping that it turns. And I think that it's starting to, if for nothing else, then women are needed in so many portfolios, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just, you know, that's how it is. So, and I know that it's frustrating for a lot of people, but I say, Hey, you know, it's the way in. Right. And then I think that once obviously women, we know the stats on this too, that, you know, women entrepreneurs, the return on investment is so much greater, but we've got to get in there to be able to really show those numbers in spades. So I think that'll happen. And what percentage of your 10,000 are entrepreneurs versus corporate women? We're very mixed across industry function, size of company. I think that there is a great mix of women who are entrepreneurs, people who come from nonprofit, people who come from, you know, big corporations. And, you know, I think it's beautiful to see all of that come together for a collective. Like I said, I think at the end of the day, one of the things that people are all trying to tackle right now are people challenges and that exists any size of business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, where is Chief in five years and in 10 years? (laughs) If my co-founder were on this podcast, she would answer global domination because that is her favorite phrase to use. (laughs) But I mean, I think we are just so proud of what we have built over, we're three years old now with just some of the most powerful women in the US, a part of this network. And We just launched nationally this year. We're so excited to continue to bring on more women across the U.S. and start to think about what that looks like internationally. At the heart, we always want to make sure that we are just building the best experience we can for all of our members and do think that there's an amazing collective power that happens as we continue to add people from around the world. If any of our listeners want to apply, how do they do that? And then what should they expect if they get accepted or, you know, what, what's going to happen when they get there? Yeah. So you can go to chief.com and apply very easy and it's an annual membership. So you sign up, you go through an application process. If you join chief, you're with us for a full year and hopefully many more after that. The one thing that I will also mention is more than half of our members, 70% of our members are sponsored by their companies. So I would also encourage anybody listening that is interested in joining to make sure that you bring it back into your company and ask for that sponsorship in the same way that you would ask for them to send you to a conference or other things. This is very much a way for them to invest in you as a leader. And so I encourage you to do that. And when you join, you get access to a whole suite of experiences and services. So I already mentioned the core group experience. Again, it's that group of 10 that meets on a monthly basis. There's an executive coach in the room. But even around all of that, there's a whole suite of services where you have access to our full community platform. It's almost like a LinkedIn for the chief community of being able to crowdsource where you need things, being able to connect one-on-one. There is um, a whole slew of speakers and workshops that we produce on a regular basis. Last week, we actually had Michelle Obama join as one of our speakers. So just phenomenal, phenomenal content to be able to engage in, as well as a whole bunch of other experiences that you can tap into. So it is a really great rounded out experience for you to be able to 
engage in as much and hopefully much or as little as time within the month will really allow you. That sounds amazing. And when you sort of look at a, there's a metric that you would say, okay, in a few years, I want to be able to say chief helped women do X. What would that sort of metric be? Well, I mean, I think the simplest thing for us to point to is just the, you know, very tracked metric of how many women are at leadership positions, whether that be board seats, whether that is CEOs, whether that's C-level overall, that is the metric that is kind of our North Star of how do we get more representation in those seats. We talk all the time that our mission is to change the face of leadership. And that actually has two components. One is to drive more representation into leadership, but it's also to make us all the best leaders we can be when we get that seat. That's awesome. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much. I think what you're building is amazing. And clearly lots of other people do as well because (laughs) to have a wait list of 50,000 people, I mean, I'm not even sure how you deal with that, but um, That is truly amazing. And for our listeners, go to chief.com and you can check out all about the membership and how to get involved. I mean, I also noticed that you had a newsletter that you send out as well that probably has some really great information in it. It's called Chief and Brief. You can go to chief.com and sign up for the newsletter, even if you don't join as a member. And it's called Chief and Brief. It's not too brief, though. (laughs) It's a lot of good content. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on the show. And we certainly will be watching what you all do next. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week and check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.